0: all right guys welcome to another episode of unsolicited advice i am uh your host david zafra i have my co-host here Brittany hersbrun and we have a guest today alex olivier hey cool thanks for joining us um, so I know you from improv. Yes. We just, we just did a workshop through uh, Cornerstone, which, by the way, shout out to Cornerstone. I think we've uh, talked about them a couple times on this podcast already, but they got great classes, and you should definitely check it out, Brittany, too, if you ever decide to go into some improv stuff. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Um, what did you What did you think about the workshop?
1: I thought it was great. I did miss the second class, which is bad, uh, but I thought that it gave me a new appreciation for improv. So I was kind of in a slump feeling like, oh, "Oh, like, can I be on all the time? Do I have to be on all the time to do improv? The workshop let me feel like I could just come in feeling tired and stressed and still get value out of it. Yeah. And we had a lot of awkward scenes together, so that was productive.
0: That was very cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel the same way. I think there's, like, when you do improv, there's, like, that place where you're, like, oh, improv's awesome, and it helps you, like, better every aspect of your life. But then as you continue to perform, you start to feel like, oh, like, exactly what you said. It's, like, this weird thing. All of my teammates had gone through a similar thing, too, where after a while, improv just, like, bummed them out.
1: It's, like, a weird growing pain. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you hit, like, a plateau for a while, and you feel like you suck at improv, and then I guess you do something like this where I guess it kind of shakes you out of that a little bit. Definitely. Yeah. I, I, I want to talk a little bit because we did a <laughs> that last class <laughs> was so intense. We did a... So this was like a workshop where we're supposed to like we get... We had
1: to y- pretend to wake up in bed together. Yeah. And see... I would already leave the when. class.
0: <laughs> yeah. So that's the only thing you know is you're waking up in bed next to this person. And we did... This one together, and it was the most
1: palpably awkward (laughs) but real situation. I feel like it came from the heart.
0: It came from the heart for sure because that day, especially, I was there was no escaping, everything was just like too fucking real. And we're in the scene together, and like you're basically pointing out real life insecurities (laughs) that I have with myself. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so what, what? How did the scene go down? How did you guys play it?
1: I guess it was basically we were coworkers that had slept together at a holiday party, and then we woke up and.
0: It was obviously you kind of just did it out of a, on a whim and yeah. weren't interested in me at all. No, no. And I was just being me. Like imagine me in an awkward situation any awkward situation and that's just me all the time
2: I would just imagine you being like okay oh, I'll, I'll leave <laughs> you <then."> got it
0: <laughs> it was my house but yes yeah. I, I, probably I
2: feel like you would be like I'll leave my house I'll give you a few hours
1: <laughs> I see the lady that works across the street from where I live oh weird this is random but that is also well, very, very weird lots weird stuff you have happening. a lot of Shout connections to the royal food mart royal, <laughs> royal mart they're great great sandwiches anyway
0: this place is calling you in some sort of way Yeah, something's going on. There's like a lot of... uh...
1: Oh, should I? Yeah, because when I walked in, I had never been here before, and it's the old Wonder Bread factory, and I was like, my grandpa used to work here, but I'm not from San Diego. Like, I'm from (laughs) Oklahoma. Like, why my family, like, moved here for two years so he could work at the Wonder Bread factory, I guess, and then they moved back. Yeah. Didn't work out, I guess. Did it? Oh, so
0: they were only here for two years?
1: Like, my mom wasn't even born. They just, like, came here, worked at Wonder Bread, and then moved back. Yeah. Just made
2: all
0: that bread money and then <laughs> yeah, yeah. back to Oklahoma. They their dough and then yeah. I like left. It's <laughs> crazy. Uh, so, do you have any um, like advice that you really like or like to live your life by, or?
1: I have an an opposite thing actually.
0: Okay, that's also well. A, it
1: you know your podcast is unsolicited advice, mm-hmm. and I was talking to my husband, and I was like honey, like, do I have any advice that I like to live by? And he's like, no, you hate advice. You hate getting unsolicited advice. Do you remember that woman? Like, we, uh, I think it just, it really stresses me out. I think that for most of my life, I've been kind of like a pioneer in my family. Like I've done a lot of firsts in my family. So when someone comes in and tells me how to do stuff, I'm like, no, like I run my own shit. Like that's not how it goes. And it really, it produces like an anxiety reaction. So one example is my husband and I were on this date. We're going snorkeling with sharks in La Jolla, like totally peaceful, relaxing Saturday. And I'm bringing my wetsuit. Like I'm all prepared, okay? Like I don't want to be cold. It's kind of chilly. I'm getting dressed and we're running late. And I'm like, you know, kind of tense. And this woman's like, you know, you really don't need to wear your wetsuit. Like it's not that cold. You'll be fine. And it just, like, I was so mad, <laughs> you know? I was like, <laughs> like that woman, she thinks she knows everything because she's older. But you know what? I know my own body temperature. Like, I know what I need to, like, regulate my body temperature. And I was so pissed off. And, you know, he's like, Alex, it's it's just a stranger. And, like, who cares? But, you know, I was bubbling over. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is, yeah, this has happened to me a lot of times. Yeah. And the funny thing is, I do give advice. I always (laughs) give advice to my little sister. What's your uh, advice to her? uh, So we, whereas I, like, I'm older than her. Like, I did a lot of things first. Then she came and did kind of a similar path. So I always tell her what I wish I would have done. So we went to the same college. We both, like, are in technology. We both like traveling. And whereas when I was in college, I was like, oh... Like, I shouldn't do this, or I shouldn't do that. I'm like, you need to do everything. (laughs) I'm like, oh, there's a winter session trip to Africa? You need to go. Um, I think she wanted to take a biology class where, instead of doing a lab like in school, they went to the Cayman Islands for like two or three weeks, and I was like, you need to take that class. So, I'm a bit of a helicopter sibling, if that's (laughs) a thing, (laughs) but...
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: it's kind of annoying. I,
0: no, like, I understand. I, f- I feel like sometimes if, because uh, I'm married also, so if people ask me for marriage advice, like if they're about to, i always just be like, don't listen to anybody. Yeah. Because there's like so much bad advice out there. And every person is different that I just like, there's not like this thing that's just going to work for everybody. Right. That being said, right. I also always give people advice. Yeah. <laughs> not marriage advice really though, but I'm just like, don't listen to people when they tell you how to have a relationship.
1: But does it feel hypocritical to be so trusting of your own gut feeling and then tell other people what to do? Some <laughs>
0: people like advice, though, you know? Yeah. It's true. I don't think I give a lot of unsolicited advice unless it's to my siblings. I'm also very much like that with my siblings, and they're like that with me. We're very much in each other's lives. So they do that. We do that to each other a lot.
1: And it's almost like you're not you're not telling them how to live their life you're like giving them the confidence to do what they were going to do anyway you're <laughs> giving them permission right well feel I feel like,
2: like one way or the other because if they have a knee jerk reaction to what you say and go in the opposite direction you're giving them the confidence to do that Ooh. where maybe they didn- weren't going to before
0: It's definitely one way to look at it Yeah, that's a more positive way to look at it because I think oftentimes you get stuck in this way of like oh people are just going to do whatever the fuck they want anyways and so what's the point but well,
1: yeah. yes. Yeah.
0: But
2: I know you don't like advice in general, but is there any advice that you hear all the time specifically that you think is bad advice?
1: Bad advice. Bad advice. Ooh. Um, that's really hard. I mean, I, I, I feel like all advice to me is bad advice. Which <laughs> like, don't even tell me. <laughs> but I, I guess when people, this is sort of general, but when other people try to define your limits... Um, like they're making a judgment call on what you can handle or, or what you can manage in your life, so I always like push up against those things a lot. Um, I'm trying to think, like, what's a specific example of that?
2: So um, one of the one of my favorite answers that somebody said was, "Boys will be boys."
1: Oh, that's just a lie. Yeah, <laughs> is that advice.
2: It's just people are like, you know, people are like, oh, this person did this to me, and they're like, boys will be boys, you know.
0: I guess it's a, a bunch s- of junk. Sort of advice. Not necessarily advice, but like a thing that people like say. Like how often to handle
2: is, a situation. That is wrong. Cope. Yeah. 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 There's a.
0: Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff out there.
2: Bad advice, like if somebody's bullying you, ignore them, sort oh, of thing. Yeah. Hmm.
1: Let me. Are you allowed to take thinking breaks while recording a podcast? Because you guys can just edit this. Oh out, yeah, right? he can edit. I'll edit pauses. lots of stuff.
0: Sometimes mm. things that Brittany doesn't want me to edit out, I'll edit it out. She was like,
1: "That was a good line." <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had a, like a
2: very in-depth conversation about something very emotional, and then he cut it off. Oh my <laughs> He cut
1: gosh. it all out. <laughs> he just like cut your heart out of the podcast. Yeah. Well, then did. she had a
0: chance to express it again. In it a it wasn't episode. the same though. You, like can barely your, you can blame your Lisa for that one. Barely <laughs> scratched the surface. <laughs> That's fair.
1: Ooh, I thought of a phrase that people say. Okay, not like anyone has given me that advice. Uh, you know when people are like, they need to stay in their lane. Oh, like, metaphorically. Yeah, I'm all in other people's lanes. <laughs> <laughs> like. Yeah. I think if you see something and you have an issue or you're excited about a better way something can be done, like there's no harm in stepping up, you know, mm. even if you feel like, "Oh, that's that's like out of the the scope of my responsibilities or my expertise." Like just starting a conversation, I think, yeah, is really useful. It's just all about how you go about it. Yeah, mm. yeah. You don't have to be combative, but you know, like if you're at work and you work on on this one thing, but you're excited about a better way that something else can be done. Like, there's no harm in just suggesting it. Yeah, yeah. and if somebody is upset by that, then they're obviously threatened, and that
2: says a lot more about them.
1: Yeah, then. and it's... I think that... I mean, I, I just admitted how threatened I feel when, like, strangers tell me I don't <laughs> need to wear a wetsuit, but I think that um, having an adversarial reaction is, is really easy, so... If you can get into a space where you're comfortable, kind of having a back and forth, um, then yeah, I think it's it's good to move out of your lane.
0: Yeah, I, li- I like that a lot because there's for, coming from you, especially you have that kind of like you've always wanted to like push up against what people say that you can do, and me coming from like when I was in stand up they have a very mentality, like a big mentality of like you stay in your lane and if you're a new what? person, you better just like shut the fuck up and keep your head down and don't even talk to anybody until you're funny. And I think that like got stuck in me so much that it kind of carried on into other aspects of my life. So I'm trying to like unlearn a little bit of that. I kind of agree thing. with that
2: in stand-up though. Because there are those people yes. who just start that are you're like, well, shut the fuck Yes, up. yeah,
0: that's true. But I think those people are just... I don't think that's necessarily a staying in your lane thing. There's just some people right. that are bad and are allowed to get on stage, and so they keep going even though nobody likes them. And I think that's different. But from then are what obnoxious
2: within the circle and stuff uh-huh. like that. But um, that's just, I guess, a lack of self awareness, and maybe they're yes. they're they're in everybody's lane in the wrong way, like we talked <laughs> right.
0: about. I feel like those people like will be that kind of person outside, in the world, in any way. Yeah. At all. Oh that's yeah.
1: Almost a difference, like their intention is totally different their intention might be like they just like hearing themselves talk it's not like they genuinely are wanting well I don't know some people do talk too much and like interrupt people and overtake meetings and they have a genuine feeling like they want to help so I guess when you're when you're not staying in your lane you need to make sure to be respectful of the people that are in those lanes and not annoying yeah
0: Yeah, that's true it's very important not to be annoying yeah
2: just all the time
0: all the time try to not be annoying
2: I feel like, I, do you feel like you guys know when you're being annoying? Because uh, I definitely, like, if somebody is like, you were being so
1: annoying, I can be like, you know what? Yeah.
0: You've had people say that to you before? I'm
1: sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm almost, I, like, hyper. Like, I feel annoying all the time. Yeah. No, I kind of feel
0: the same way. So I'm very conscious of, like, that. And sometimes I'll do, so, I'll, something will happen later where I'll be like, oh, man, I feel like that was, like, really annoying or I was being really annoying in that period but for the most part I am so conscious of it that I try to avoid it if I can but I guess just thinking about the fact that maybe I can't control it kind of freaks me out a little bit
1: (laughs) but people who do a lot of self reflection I feel like aren't aren't the type of people that are gonna step over everyone else you know
2: yeah
0: I don't know sometimes you get the better of yourself you know I thought when we did I did review review with you and Raul and Cameron I thought I was kind of annoying on that podcast why I don't know. I felt like there was just like, I got a little carried away with some things and I felt like I was like being overly passionate about this thing that didn't matter at all. And I was like... No, that's a better reaction Really loud and really like, I felt like I was talking too much. What were you discussing?
2: Um, We read different reviews from the internet. So like ridiculous ones that people write either like Yelp or Amazon, but you doing that is better for the podcast than somebody who doesn't really react much at all
0: i know i and as a person that uh, hosts a podcast i feel the same way like if somebody kind of can go off and do their own thing then that's cool i just felt like it might have been a little bit too much and i I don't know i listening back to that i'm just like oh god i wish i could like turn the volume down on myself
2: i have about a a two percent memory of that day so i you you were not
1: being annoying for sure (laughs) Did you write the review? Was it your review and that's why you were so passionate? Dana no. has never written a review in his entire life. Nope, no, oh, I was wait. thinking oh. about, you, I didn't do it. Oh, okay. I
0: didn't do it. Uh, I'm thinking about it. Maybe, <laughs> Maybe I should write it and then we can talk about it on your podcast.
2: Okay. Um, I have a question. Yeah. Did you end up needing the wetsuit?
1: Yeah. Okay. You know, I was a little chilly. Yeah. And <laughs> I should. I have some advice for the other people in my group. You know, even though I didn't want to accept the advice, we all went out to go snorkeling. I'm in my wetsuit. I'm cozy, like snug as a bug. And then half our group had to go back because they couldn't swim, it turns out. And they thought... They couldn't swim? No, they booked a snorkeling. That's my advice. Uh, Are you for real? Don't book a snorkeling tour in the ocean if you cannot swim and are afraid of drowning. So uh, on the way to the (laughs) beach, we had two guides and one of them was like, man... I just really want to see a sea turtle. Like, I haven't seen a sea turtle yet. and He's been doing this for months and months and months. And he had to take all those people who couldn't swim back. And didn't get to see that turtle. And we all saw a sea turtle while he was gone. Oh, oh no. That's terrible. So I think he was pretty mad. Yeah, it
0: sounds like they were being annoying, which mm-hmm. is uh, our advice to people is yeah. don't be annoying.
1: But yeah. they, um, yes,
2: so they went in the wrong lane. Mm-hmm. But they were annoying. Yes, they were. And not self-aware. They didn't know their
1: boundaries, even (laughs) though I thought they should push against that. Yeah. (laughs) Like, there is a limit.
0: I guess you... Yeah. So, if you're going to go into a lane, then I guess you have to know that you're prepared and are not going to make everybody run off course in the process. I guess we're all
1: hypocrites. That's the...
0: (sighs) This is the thing I struggle with. You I, should know how to swim if you're you going to go
2: into the ocean. See, I
0: don't, which is why I don't go in the ocean. Yeah. Aww. But I wouldn't book a snorkeling thing. No, you wouldn't. I wouldn't. No, I know better. I know my lane. Yeah. <laughs> <You're such a laughs> in hypocrite. that particular sense. Well, yeah. I struggle with that a little bit, too, because we're giving advice on this podcast. And early on in doing this, I was like, on uh, there's like so much stuff on Instagram that's like, that was weird. Uh people like posting up like inspirational videos and inspirational quotes and things like that and i just felt like i don't want to be doing whatever these people are doing which is like giving people like this false reassurance about the world that i feel yeah. is bullshit and like a simplification of things that are real problems in the world and that just really bothered me so i really want to try not to do that even though life, i guess <laughs> it's so complicated life is so complicated mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like that little girl so.
1: in eighth grade who's always have you seen that movie Yes, yes. Aww. Just end your podcast with Gucci.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I Brittany don't. has her own version of Gucci.
1: Oh, oh. I do. Yes,
2: <laughs> I was is like sign well, off. We, yeah, we do. Can't wait to hear it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so first question is. Um, I'd been in a secret relationship with my boss for six months. I'm 24 and he's 46. I wanted to be with him properly and he said he was going to leave his wife, but after he kept making excuses about it, not being the right time for her and his kids, etc., I told him either he told her or I will. Then he decided not to leave his wife and he's fired me from my job, citing poor performance. Should I tell his wife what's been going on? My worry is she won't believe me and she'll just think I'm being bitter
1: about being fired. I would say it depend I would say to examine what this person wants out of the outcome. Right. You know, uh, the wife may know that her husband is a serial cheater already. Like I was gonna say she'll believe yeah. you. Like, yeah. she's gonna believe you. Their marriage may not be such a great situation. She may be having her own affairs, like who knows what's going on with their personal life, but I would say that's involving yourself a step further in the in the situation in the relationship. Like, do you, I I think that the most psychologically beneficial thing would be to just leave it all behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I would get it
2: if the question was he fired me and that's wrong because it's right. retaliation. So I want to report it to the company or something right, exactly. like that. But telling his wife, like you said, what what's the point like what would the outcome be because it's not out of concern for this woman like I just really feel like she should know because you didn't care the entire time if he would have left her and told her something Mm -hmm. it would have been fine so you're just telling him because you're upset like tell HR maybe
1: yeah like that that would be a first step right
0: yeah, oh, I, just think I would report like him so hard.
1: Yeah, <laughs> not but they, because they
0: fell for the classic "I'm gonna leave my wife" line. Like, oh, for sure. How often does that happen? You should have known better. Yeah, no. I mean,
2: I wouldn't report him because of the relationship in general, but yeah. because of him firing her yes. for that. Yes. What if she actually
0: sucks at her job? That would be a twist for yeah. sure. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> if she deserved situation. it the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, that's like Ooh. a real uh, like sixth sense twist ending right there where we like flash back and it turns out she was terrible at her job. And the only reason he kept her on was because they were having an affair. Right? Oh. <laughs> that would be crazy.
2: And then she broke up with him and he was like, well, my God, that's the only reason you had your job
0: to begin with. Which is still bad. And he oh, still yeah. should get reported for something like that. But as far as the wife is concerned, yeah, it just didn't seem... I I, I think you're right very much on so saying, like, what are, you, what are you trying to get out of that? It seems like he's just she's just trying to get even for this... Maybe yeah. she needs like,
1: closure, but I think it's going to be, you know, it's just going to drag out.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, I, if if it was a different person that wanted to say something, but you're the one that was, like you said, not concerned the entire time with the affair happening until now. So it just seems really, really hypocritical.
2: Yeah, I think the <laughs> irrational hope is that she's going to tell his wife, his wife is mm. going to divorce him and then he'll be free to get back with her when it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs>
1: if yeah, she examines the situation, like she was never fully respected in the situation, she needs to pack up, move on, and find a more equitable relationship, I think. Yeah. yeah. I mean,
2: I do believe that you can meet somebody while you're with somebody else. Totally. And have an affair. And maybe that person you're having an affair with is the right one for you. And sometimes people leave their partners. Right. But if that didn't happen and he chose her, like that's... that's
1: that's what happened. Yeah.
2: (laughs) So (laughs) I actually do. I know somebody um, who he had a girlfriend. He was cheating on his long-term girlfriend years and years and years um, with this other girl. And then the other girl decided, you know what? Like I'm over it and told his girlfriend, his girlfriend broke up with him. It was this huge thing. And then he ended up dating the girl who told the girlfriend and now they're married and have wow. kids. Isn't that great? So it worked. It worked for
0: her. So I guess, I guess it works in some situations. Sometimes it works. It can yeah. work.
1: It can work. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Let's see. So this, uh, this one says I'm in a, a new relationship with a guy who says that he wants to be exclusive and committed with me. He's great and a lot of fun and treats me well, except for one thing. I've noticed he is very frugal and we only go out to places that are inexpensive, like pizza, movies Uh, drinks with no uh, offer of food, picnics on the beats, etc. After a few weeks of dating, he asked me to dinner and when uh, the bill came, he asked me if I could cover it. I did willingly, but I didn't feel right. Then after a few more weeks, we decided to cook dinner together at his place and went to a grocery store together. And when we were checking out, he said, it's your turn to pay. I looked at him stunned, I said, okay, and paid. But when we got in the car, I was angry and asked him, is this how it's going to be? you want me to pay uh, every other time or what. He said that he felt that was only fair since we both earned the same amount of money. I don't know why this bothers me so much. I, raised, I was raised to believe that a man should pay the majority of the time, especially in the first few months of dating. I don't know if he earns the same as me. All I know is that I cannot afford to pay for half of our dates nor do I want to. This makes me think he won't be a good provider for me and our family. I feel like he's being cheap. Am I off base?
2: Whoa! Um.
1: I... Okay. Her, her question
2: turn, started as one thing and then turned into something completely different.
1: Yeah. I got a, <laughs> I got a lot to say to this this lady. Uh, I think that financial issues, I mean, that's one of the top tensions in a relationship. And I think that, first of all, it seems like when she started her question, she was seeing his reluctance to pay for things as almost like he was like withholding his love from her in some way. But... In like, reality, oh, picnics
2: they, on the beach. So sorry. Oh,
1: yeah, true. That's, yeah, that's a great low budget. You know, <laughs> but um, I think the answer is just to be completely open about your finances. Like, maybe this guy has a hundred thousand dollars of student loans, and like paying for dinner stresses him out. Um, and I, I definitely don't think it should be the responsibility of any one partner to, to have the burden the financial obligation for a relationship uh, you know male or female so I think that it's awkward to talk about money but if she can have an honest discussion about both of their finances and what both of them feel comfortable um, for the relationship I think that would go a long way and maybe they can separate that financial component from the emotional component which I think can be tricky
0: mhm
2: Yeah, well, she's saying, he says they make the same amount of money, so he thinks it's only fair that they split it evenly, but then she's saying, I can't afford to pay every other time, so bitch, what makes you think he can pay every time? Like, that's so nuts to me. I know that people do, because I have certain friends who are like, if a guy asks me on a date, he's paying for it. Like, he has, like, that's just how it is. Mm -hmm. And I understand that some people have that mentality where they feel like a guy should pay for you, and that's if that's your expectation and that's how you feel then yeah this guy is probably not for you and that's fine but it's not outrageous if you're continually dating somebody that they would want you to split the cost of dating
0: yeah right
2: yeah Yeah. at first I thought she was just upset because he only ever took her to really cheap places which I'm like okay like I like to go to nice restaurants and if that like if he doesn't like to do not saying he needs to pay for it but if he doesn't like to do that that would just be something that like is like a difference between us that like i would want to do Mm -hmm. so at first i was like okay that's kind of like a like a bit of a different thing but then it just turned into like a really annoying question
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i think uh like you said there's a lot of people that do have that expectation and there's probably other people out there there's probably lots of guys that would have that expectation as well that they're like oh yeah i'm the guy so i'm gonna pay but like a thing that I always kind of like to push back against is like, there's not a way that things should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be this way just because that's the way that you grew up. That's the thing I hate that people that have a terrible opinion or a terrible point of view on something, they'll be like, that's just the way that I was raised. Yeah. Well, that doesn't matter if that thing is wrong. It doesn't matter if you grew up with it in your entire life, it's still wrong. Yeah. And there's no reason for it to be this way. It has to be this one way. I mean, there's lots of, you can be flexible about it. You can change, you can find different ways to work around the situation. If the relationship is good otherwise, I don't see why it would be important to like make such a big deal about this one thing.
2: Do you think if a guy asks someone on a first date that he should be expected to pay though?
0: I think it depends on the people. I don't think it's a one thing fits all people. I I don't know. I I don't know if I would want to do that. But I know a lot of people are like that.
2: Do you think a girl would have the right to be upset if a guy asked her on a first date and he did not pay for her?
0: I think maybe those kinds of expectations need to be set up. But I guess on a first date, it can be kind of tough. Yeah,
1: that's a little bit. yeah. I was actually asked this question in my ninth grade yearbook. Uh, oh, interesting. Yeah, I think there is an element, like if you're initiating the activity, there might be an expectation of you to pay, but... I just don't see why people can't, like, have an open conversation about it. Yeah. You know, and, and, and at the first date level, you're not necessarily invested in the relationship. Like, it could just be a casual thing. Yeah. <sighs> I feel like whenever
2: I go on a first date with somebody, I sort of not expect them to pay, but anticipate that they're probably going to mm-hmm. offer because that's generally what happens. But I am totally, cool. like, I always offer.
0: Yeah, and I think it's kind of like... A- generally accepted by most people that that's what's going to happen so I don't know I guess yeah if you're going to go on a first dating your a guy expect to pay I don't know I feel like that's going to be the general
1: Do you ever ask anyone out? Yeah. And do you pay?
0: Um,
2: I feel like when I've asked people out it's like oh we should go get drinks and it's not like a dinner sort of like pay yeah. thing um, but usually I'm like a, you get this round and I'll get the next sort of person so I feel like That sounds great. Seems great. Yeah, Yeah, I like that a lot. Or if somebody pays for me, I'll offer to pay the tip or something, you know. That's the the
0: offer is,
1: like,
2: huge, you know. And it takes away a lot of the, like, I feel like sometimes guys will pay so you feel obligated to them. And I don't like
1: that, so. Keep the power equal. Yes. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Or somewhat, I guess, in the situation of not even whatever, but, you know. Cool. All right, you got another question? Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. I recently had a double mastectomy with reconstruction, but the reconstruction on one side failed. As a consequence, I am not exactly symmetrical at the moment and will stay this way until the reconstruction is attempted again, probably next summer. I decided to not wear an external implant. It goes in the bra, and once I'm dressed, makes it look like both sides are identical. So even with clothes on, it is quite obvious that I am missing a breast. I find the implant, I call it a boob cushion, quite uncomfortable to wear. I recently started work again and a higher up asked to speak to me. He explained that people had complained to him about the look of my breast and that it made them uncomfortable. He hinted quite strongly that I should wear the boob cushion to not make colleagues uncomfortable. I wasn't told who exactly complained, but apparently it's a few guys who work in my area. Not on my own team. I'm a woman in my late 20s, and most guys in the office are 40 or over. I'm not too sure what to do and how to react. I really don't like the boob cushion, and it's really uncomfortable to wear all day. But at the same time, if my higher-ups think it's serious enough in an office with no dress code, then maybe I should just bite the bullet and wear it. Fuck no. It's well, terrible oh, that anybody... My God. How,
0: how do you get uncomfortable So how is that uncomfortable for you to see somebody?
2: Because it's above 40 year old dudes who think they're entitled to tell a woman to do whatever the fuck they want that pleases them Uh, and makes them feel nice.
0: I just don't understand.
2: Because they see boobs and the boobs are are not appealing to them, right? So like they're like, oh, oh, gross boobs that I have the right to be like, no, don't be gross. Be attractive.
1: This is so disturbing. Yeah.
2: This question made me angry all day.
1: I, my family, we've had three generations of women who've died from breast cancer, and the last time I was home, we sold my aunt who passed away, we sold her car, and in the back, we found her boob cushion. She never fucking wore it, because it was uncomfortable. Yeah, She just, you know, whatever. Granted, she was in her 60s, but this is such a disgusting, like, you said it exactly, like, they're treating this woman as if her sole purpose is to be an ornament for the guys of the office or. Uh,
0: yeah. And it's really upsetting that the person in charge ha- felt the need to talk to her right. instead of talk to all the dudes that are like uncomfortable by this. It just seems and absurd. Not
2: even the need, but that he had the right. Like yeah,
0: the whole thing is, I'm
2: pretty sure that's completely illegal. Yeah. Um, Harassment. I would like again. This is another one where I would complain so hard 100%. to everybody. I would. I would probably go to work topless the next day and be like, <laughs> "Fuck you, fuck you, yeah, fuck you." Like, yeah. i hor-
1: horrifying. I'm thinking, like wear the boob cushion on the outside? You oh know? yeah, like yeah. a uh,
0: like, like an I external it. boob. Like like I wore it. I wore yeah. it today. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. That that is oh. a very weird one. Yeah, definitely don't wear the boob cushion. I'm very curious. There are so many of these questions where I want to, I wish we could follow up. Yes. It just bums
2: me out that the way that she was asking it was like, oh, I guess I feel bad. I mean, maybe I should. And no. Yeah. So she feels like they had the right to say this to her. Like, she's like, oh, I don't want my boss to be upset about this. Like, no, no, no.
1: And he put her in that position, like, what if she's afraid about getting fired? Like, what if she's not, yeah. you know... What the hell? I mean, would you, like what if she had to do chemo
2: and then she was bald? Would they say like, oh, that's making me super uncomfortable. You need to wear a wig to the office. Like, right. what the fuck?
0: That Doesn't make any sense. David, at
2: all. what is wrong with you, people?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't side with the, these people in any way at all. I don't where even want to affiliate myself with this group of where humanity. Is this
1: woman. Like, do we find her? I don't
0: I feel so oh man uh, there's so many of these or I really I know. This is one where I really really wish we could follow up.
2: Yeah. I don't feel
0: the same about everybody.
2: This is one where the per- I we don't I don't we don't always read the advice that the people give, but right. this is one where I read it and I was like thank you because they were like, "Oh hell no." Mm-hmm. Like they were very firm about how everything yeah. they did was wrong and completely inappropriate and not allowed and so yeah.
0: The I think I've only read the advice like one time and it was that episode I think we did with Josh where the advice was fucking awful.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, well didn't you read the advice about the gun
0: control one? Where they had to redact it or something? Why well, ra- that one's a little different because I read about I read about the advice before I read the advice. Oh okay, I see. So I saw that I was like, oh there's a bunch of people upset about this thing and so I read what they said after I found out about Got that. it. Got it. Just slightly different. But I mean I guess yes, technically you're correct. <laughs> The best kind of correct.
2: Yeah, as long as it's at all, it's fine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, this is kind of a long one, so here we go. Okay, I started writing you this letter, uh, then thought, I'll work on this some more tomorrow, and almost closed the email draft. Realizing the irony uh, of that, I forced myself to plow through this letter in one sitting, knowing that if I didn't finish it now, I never would. I am am an unemployed college dropout, living with my boyfriend's parents, and I can't get my act together. My family is back home uh, ashamed of me, but they still believe in me and are trying to help me. I wish they could just give up on me so I don't end up disappointing them again. I can't accomplish anything, and I'm living a parasitic existence, leeching off my partner's family. Uh, When I was in college, I approached every new assignment with complete and sincere intention to start early and make incremental progress so that I wouldn't have to do it all in the last minute. But I would be filled with anxiety and confusion about how to go about accomplishing it and would procrastinate with mind-numbing distractions. Sophomore year, I finally broke and became unable to finish assignments even in the face of deadlines. I would skip classes just to, and just lie in bed staring at the ceiling and hating myself. I went to counseling services and academic tutors, but gave up when I didn't get immediate results. I cried in professor's offices for hours, begged for extensions, and even got the school to let me have a summer to finish my coursework with no negative impact on my GPA. Despite this generous policy, I still ended up failing three out of the four classes and getting up on academic probation. As a result, my parents uh, rescinded their offer to pay my tuition and I decided to drop out rather than try to pay $30,000 a semester knowing that I would most likely not graduate in four years. I have some talents and skills that could be potentially valuable and I am only 20 years old so I still have plenty of opportunities to get my life in order and if I could just get off my ass for two seconds and pursue them. Uh, if I could just get off my ass for two seconds and pursue them. However, my lack of self-discipline is keeping me from accomplishing anything meaningful in my life. I used to have many creative hobbies and was, good at, was a good student but now I just spend my days uh, wasting my time on the internet, sleeping to procrastinate, wallowing in self-pity and uh, ingratiating myself on anyone sympathetic enough to listen to me whine. I keep wishing that someone else would take control of my life and save me from the problems that I created. Every time I try to apply for jobs or do something productive, I quickly become discouraged because it's hard and it doesn't feel good to my stupid monkey brain and that only creates, that only cares about comfort and instant gratification. I can do simple household tasks such as cooking or laundry, but as soon as a goal becomes bigger and more amorphous, I become paralyzed and can't move forward. I've tried breaking uh, up my goals into smaller steps and stepping up a timetable for when I have to complete... Uh, complete what but as soon as I get to work I become overwhelmed by all the factors and complications that go into accomplishing the task and start ruminating on whether I divided it up the wrong way I feel stupid, weak-willed, useless and pathetic and wonder if this is going to be the rest of my life I naturally have low energy levels and am bad at uh, taking action I've given up on my hopes and ambitions and no longer want anything from my life my friends uh, partner and my partner's family have been very affirming to me and have reassured me that I am acceptable to them as I am now, but in no way I I can be acceptable to myself when I can't even do anything. And I feel like I must have tricked them into thinking that I'm an okay person. How do I get over my chronic procrastination problem and actually become the person that I want to be?
1: Wow. So... I feel like there's a lot going on in this question. but I think that what I hear the most is that this person is suffering from crippling anxiety and depression. That's what I was gonna say. I, th-
2: I actually found it very funny that they're not saying that at all. They're like, right. I, I just have no self discipline and I just procrastinate so hard. Right. And it's like, no, you're chronically <laughs> depressed because this reminds me so much of me in high school where I just could not go to school. Like I was telling you, I literally never went to school. So then I started doing independent study. Because I couldn't get out of bed. And that was once a week. And then you just did all your work at home. And even that, I was like, I can't go once a week. And I couldn't do any of the work. And then eventually I just took the high school proficiency exam so I could get my diploma and then not go to school because I couldn't do it. But I knew, like, I was like, oh, it's because I'm depressed. And it's so clear how this person talks about themselves, too. Mm -hmm. Like, they're a parasite um, just saying really negative things about themselves so it's not a lack of self discipline obvi- and they were saying they were able to do it before so right. clearly that's not the problem yeah. yeah but they are getting counseling so what would your advice be
0: <laughs> I don't know wait I, what is their counselor saying if they're getting counseling
2: yeah that's interesting it seems like not the right thing
1: I feel like they're I mean all of these goals of getting a job moving out those are way too big yeah like when you're at a point where you have no self-esteem basically you can't make yourself get out like I, i think medication is like that's what that is for to kind of give you that tiny push not to fix everything but to make any small change at all like i i don't know if she's on he or she is on medication currently but
0: I didn't specify that at all. Like Brittany said, they didn't really mention the possibility of mental illness in any part of that question, so I don't know if that's even in their head that that could be the main issue here. Um, but yeah, that's, yeah, it's definitely that more than anything else. Yeah, like some, some stuff like, I, I really... <laughs> that last part where they said something about how they feel like they've tricked their partner and their partner's family into thinking that they're a good person, Fuck, I can relate to that so hard. It's heartbreaking. I feel like that so often. So, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, it can be it can be difficult for sure. But if this person is that self-aware to know that they have all these issues that they need to try to, like, overcome, I feel like yeah, that's already a good place to start. Like, I don't think you have to get so down on yourself for thinking that you're not doing all the stuff that's expected of you.
2: Well, yeah. And I think also when they realize that it's because they're depressed and have anxiety that will take a lot of the self-blame off of them because they'll realize, oh, I li- I, th- this is something medical that's going on with me that I just cannot do these things. It's not because I'm a shitty person mm. who just is procrastinates way too hard. And like you said, their goals are a little lofty right now. Like moving out, having a job, graduating college, Mm -hmm. like make one thing a day. Like I'm going to go on a walk today, something like that, where it's really small and you can be like, all right, I checked this off my list and I did this one thing, like very small, Yeah. you know?
0: I think oftentimes like we get advice questions where people feel like they are not... Um, doing what they're supposed to be because they're not meeting these expectations of society. Like people that are like, oh, I'm 30 and I'm not married and I'm such a failure at life. Just like you don't have to do all the stuff that people say that you're supposed to be doing. So if you didn't graduate high school because it was too difficult for you, that doesn't mean that you failed. That just means that that wasn't either the right time for you or just not for you in general. I don't think that means that you're a failure at life because there's lots of people that are accomplished people without having graduated college.
1: And even if you're like, even if you are doing everything right, or you, you know, by society's standards, everyone makes huge numbers of mistakes. And to be 20 years old and feel like you are basically worthless and can't do anything, like, I mean, that's, it's terrible. Yeah. And, and you don't have the perspective of how much time you have left to, to make yeah. changes. Yeah.
2: I think she just needs to realize it's okay that she can't do anything right now, you know? Yeah.
0: yeah, I think it helps to talk to other people too and realize, like, there's so many people that are gone through the same thing. I seriously went through so much of the same stuff and felt like, yeah, and also, yeah, like, when you're that young, it's just crazy. Like, I, I work with people that are very young and i just like, you have no fucking idea. <laughs> like, you're going to look back on all this and realize how much you didn't know about the world yet. Because just like a couple of years can make such a big difference when you're out in the world and trying to figure out your own shit, like there's so much life happens in such a little amount of time, and there's just so many huge changes that can happen in such a short amount of time. Like, yeah, at 20, I don't think that you need to be so hard on yourself.
1: The isolation aspect. You did you mention talking to other people, or one of you mentioned that, but, um, I mean, she's. it, It sounds like they're you know in the house all the time. They're not communicating with other people besides their immediate core. Like they they're not getting any outside feedback and I think like that really feeds anxiety. Like you're just afraid to leave the house at that point. Yeah. Um,
2: and I think probably the advice she's getting from people because she's like, my parents still like really believe in me or like my they're very supportive, so they're probably just like giving that general sort of bad motivational <laughs> advice like, oh, I'd like just think about it differently or just decide to do this where and if she talked to somebody who's actually gone through similar things, she would be getting advice that's more helpful, or just somebody who can relate to the way that she feels. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, for sure. OK. <laughs> oh, I hope these people are doing better. <laughs> I know. It's <laughs> just very difficult.
2: OK, my brother died 10 years ago.
1: <laughs> None of
2: these are generally <laughs> happy. Okay, my brother died 10 years ago. He was only 50. He was married for 15 years to a woman that I'll call Alice. A few years later, Alice became engaged, but never remarried because she would have lost my brother's benefits. Her fiancé died a couple of months ago, and now she's posting repeatedly on Facebook that she has lost the love of her life. I think, I think it's extremely disrespectful to my brother. I understand she may feel that way, but to continue to post it is a slap in the face to our brother. I've read your column for years, and you are usually spot on with your advice, so I would appreciate your opinion.
0: Well, not our column. Yeah, but. yeah, no, she's listened. She's, she listens. She <laughs> she listens. She listens to unsolicited advice. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I feel like there's not enough information here for me to judge what this what's going on in this person's life. Yes. I mean, I, I just this could have been a love of their life, and maybe she had two great loves in her life. I don't know. I feel like it's difficult to like judge how a person you know felt about somebody or whether he, she just forgot about the brother because of this other thing it, either way it's very terrible to have to go through two losses like that in such a short amount of time yeah I think I, I wouldn't even be thinking about that and thinking more about the fact that they've gone through so much and it's really hard
2: 15 years ago when she lost her, that woman's brother facebook wasn't really around or maybe at all i don't know so i'm sure that lady would have been posting that she lost the love of her life then had that happened and with her saying that she never remarried this new person because she would have lost her brother's benefits like what proof of that do you have or is that an
1: assumption that you're making right yeah
0: yeah i don't know that's
1: that's a really good point about the social media
0: was it that big of a gap between them? I might have missed that.
2: Yeah, I think she said it was a fifteen-year difference. Yeah, that's
0: crazy. If it was
2: uh, like, oh, 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 I'm sorry, uh, her brother died ten years ago, so still,
0: still, that's a long time. That's a long time. I if guess, it was like a couple of months, I'd be like, okay, maybe, but yeah, that's, that's a decade. A, yeah, that's so much time to. <sighs> maybe.
1: maybe the benefits are like the salt in the wound. Like that's what kind of rubs her the wrong way. Yeah. But judging how anyone grieves
2: is just—I mean, you can never do that,
0: no. unless
2: you have so much evidence that proves that this is like a horrible person. Right. Um, but
0: yeah, I don't know. I just feel like it's—it's it's difficult to. Man, I feel—I feel like it's, it could still be, it, they, this person could still have loved her brother, and I don't think the fact that she's mourning this new person means that that love wasn't real or that doesn't exist anymore. So I don't know. It seems kind of, yeah, it seems kind of fucked up to be judging them for complaining about this person that just died that was very important in their lives.
2: Yeah, especially since she's probably doing that because she needs people to reach out to her and support. So her saying, it's okay for her to feel that but she shouldn't post that out there. It's a slap in the face. It's like, I mean, you try losing two husbands and then see how you react. like
1: just sign out of Facebook. yeah, like that this is why I barely get on Facebook because you get all of these emotions stirred up. like she has no real reason to be in contact with this woman anymore, and if it's upsetting her, like why why is she subjecting herself to this information? Just cut it off, you know? yeah,
0: yeah, it's fair. I mean, if, but if it wasn't for Facebook, me and Brittany wouldn't have this podcast.
1: I don't understand your
2: relationship. <laughs> I, wow. Maybe we'll exchange numbers at some point. <laughs> one day, we'll uh, run one yeah. day I'll get those digits. Yeah, but uh, <laughs>
0: not
2: today. <laughs>
0: no, not today. Have to we'll wait for a different time for that one. Okay, I'm gonna get another question. All right, let's see. Uh, this one says. I think the guy that I'm dating is a commitment phobic. He doesn't call regularly, and often calls at the last minute to ask me out. When we do go out, we have a great time, and there's a lot of sexual chemistry, although I haven't slept with him yet. Hmm. <laughs> he wants to, but I tell him I need to know him better. I really like him a lot. He's a lot of fun, uh, and I can see that he has a lot of potential as a provider. Last week he told my... Uh, Some <laughs> are these providers? I don't know. Last week he told me that his ex-girlfriend keeps calling him and wanting to see him just for lunch, which he did. Uh, The week before that, he broke a date with me. (laughs) He broke a date with me at the last minute because something came up at work. He has a history of a lot of short-term relationships. He's thinking about changing jobs which might take him out of state. Is he trying to push me away? When uh, then why does he keep calling he, I'm 35 and he's 45 neither of us has uh, been married or has kids I want to get married and have kids and I'm feeling I'm running out of time am I wasting my time with this guy
2: oh my god I thought this girl was like 23 <laughs> that is so crazy like, yeah you're wasting your time with this guy 100% are you serious
1: <laughs> he's definitely sleeping with a lot of people which is fine yeah. but maybe not for her
2: yeah. Also, yes. I mean, she's going about... If she's looking for a provider... I don't know. That's just gross that that's like your criteria to me.
0: It be the people that write into this particular site because that's the second both of these provider questions have come from. Is this
1: like a sugar daddy website?
0: <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I stumbled across it by accident.
1: <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean,
2: everything she said was so clearly like... <laughs> He doesn't really like you. He doesn't really like you. He doesn't really like you. You guys probably have fun together, but he doesn't really like. It. Like, yeah. i He's probably attracted to her. But I'm they sure slept together. So yeah, like, that could okay.
0: be why he's continuing to try. Yeah, or continuing to move this thing forward.
2: Yeah, and I know that we can't generalize, and everybody has a different path and all that. But if he's 45 and has never been married, it, it's probably because he doesn't fucking want to be married ever.
0: Which is fine. Yeah, that's totally fine. Yeah, and that is fine. But yeah, why are you trying to get married to the person that doesn't want to get married?
1: Yeah. And I don't know why you're trying to, like, put marriage in the equation. You haven't even slept together. <laughs> like, Yeah. Just do yeah, it. It could be terrible. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's the kind of thing you might want to find out. How
1: long has this been going on with no sex? Like, this they don't isn't know if it's specified. One. It seems like, <laughs> it, based on how it kind of made it feel
2: like they haven't been going out that long, which I also find the question more ridiculous. Then, but but what you guys were saying leads me into a very brief question that kind of just is um, super applicable. So this person asks, uh, if I wait to have sex until after I'm married, only to find the person I married hates sex, is it moral to divorce?
1: Yes, I mean <gasps> yes, but you should be having sex before you get married. Yeah,
2: you definitely should have sex before you get married. Try
1: before you buy.
2: But also, you should not be getting married with somebody if you cannot have a discussion with them about how they feel about sex before you get married. True words. True words.
0: So many things going on here, yeah. Man, this whole thing's so fucked up (laughs) that we encounter so many of these people that are stuck in these ways that they're ultimately harmful to their overall life. Right. But it's like, oh, well, that's what you're supposed to do terrible did
2: um madison know that you would not have shirt off sex
1: before you guys got married oh
0: my god okay learning
1: so much about each other
0: (laughs) i feel like they're okay so it's
1: like a poo bear situation for for listeners
0: that have not listened to our shirt off sex episode i feel like there's some clarification that needs to happen it's not that i like refuse to do it or have not done it before it's just doesn't usually happen for several different reasons
1: yes um you ha- know what were you gonna th- i uh i'm a socks on i keep my socks on
0: yeah i wouldn't like that
1: <laughs> yeah I'm just we all have our <laughs> we have weird,
0: weird things.
2: things yeah wait you leave your socks on i do i do too actually so weird but my feet get very cold I, yeah I yeah, you trust me, you would rather have
0: my socks on than my in cold general ass
2: feet all over your body during sex. I don't
0: know well I mean even not, not even not having sex involved oftentimes if like Madison is in bed with her socks off, I'll like take them off her That's feet.
1: what my husband
2: does. I don't I don't sleep with my socks on but um if I will start it's not that I won't take my socks off during sex, but generally like I'll get naked and I don't really think to take them off good point yeah okay so it's all just right
0: yeah so let's dive into this a little bit deeper yeah. with okay. the whole yes. shirt off sex thing because yes. i felt like maybe i was trying to play up certain things for comedic comedic Explain effect yourself. on that last episode oh, okay
2: because you seemed very like no i don't care you, i don't mind did,
0: having my shirt off
2: you yeah you didn't mm. say that you never did you just said it was like a special occasion sort of thing and you didn't really <laughs> Special really
0: occasion seems to be a little like much also okay if she wants it off then i'll take it off or whatever i guess for the most part i feel like like if we're doing something, usually her like chest is involved in the sex and I, there's not really anything going on for her to do to me so it, I just never take it off. I just <laughs> never figured out the right moment to like be like, okay, now's the time I'm you gonna take the measure shirt off. Up to boobs. <laughs> I can't, and it just <laughs> seemed like it's like, well, there's not really a need anyways and it feels like it's like, I guess to me I always made the assumption that there was nothing that would be like, like enhance it for her for me to be oh. having my shirt off, so that's a, a big part of the reason. I'm a very insecure person, so, so that's more the reason I'm just like, well, she probably isn't turned on by me having my shirt off anyway, so I'm just going to keep it on.
2: For me personally, it would... it would feel unfair that you leave your shirt on (laughs) and I'm completely naked it would also make me feel less close to you because there's a barrier between us and it would make me feel insecure because I'm completely naked and vulnerable and you're not giving me that same thing back.
0: But if that was the case then I would of course take it off but it just has never really come up as an issue and I just never felt because we just kind of got into this like groove of things it just never became a thing where it's like well I needed to or she really wanted me to or it just felt like it was like I guess I was like, we're getting into it. And it's was like, well, why well, take my shirt off at this point?
2: Yeah. Because I'll get <laughs> annoyed <laughs> if I have sex with a guy. And then I'm like, we're going to sleep and I'm naked. And then he puts boxers on. I'm I, like, yeah. what the fuck? Like, no. <laughs>
1: your ass needs to be naked, too. Yeah. Why don't you just
2: put your clothes back on, then? <laughs> I mean, then maybe sometimes I do. I don't know. But it's just like... No, I'm not gonna lay next to you naked while you get to have your boxers on. Well, I mean, uh,
0: yeah, I guess I wouldn't require the person to stay naked if that was the situation. <laughs>
1: but does she? What's what's your wife's name? Madison. Madison. Does she not? What about like you know, laying all up on your chest? Like that's so warm.
2: Yeah, skin on skin is nice. It's important for babies. And I'm sure
0: it is, but I don't know. I guess I just never. It's never been pushed that that's. I mean, I guess I shouldn't say that because if she was here, she'd probably disagree with this completely. <laughs>
2: Yes. <laughs> uh, have you guys had shirt off sex since the past podcast? Yes.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, one time. Sneaking uh, into
1: your thoughts.
0: I, I, so I dirty. but it, but then she called it out, and so it made things really awkward. And then I was just like, Oh, was now I'm like, not gonna be able to do it again the next your time.
1: Your nips look real good. It's been so long since I've seen them. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, that's not how it happened. But as she pointed, out, she's like, because oh, we had talked about. We had talked about how we talked about it on the podcast and then so when it came off it was like an obvious thing. It's like, oh, you're doing it now. Like, well, fuck, now I'm going to feel awkward as shit, so I'm not going to want to do it again. Yeah. So it's it's a th- if the person that I'm with wanted me to do it, then of course I would do it. It's Madison, not a big deal. Let him know. <laughs> oh my let god. Let him know, girl. <laughs> She's never going to listen. She doesn't listen to my podcast.
2: Maybe she'll hear you edit this part.
0: <laughs> Usually, I have headphones in when I edit, but okay.
1: Okay, I you will Keep uh, your phones in and you shirt sure on.
0: <laughs> send her a message. So you're gonna send her a message. Yeah. Text
1: her a picture of your belly button. I
0: told her we. Sh- I told her she should be on the podcast. Ooh, that would be so
1: interesting. <laughs> With Could a we moderator. Not
0: ma- we don't have to make it so much about this whole thing, though, because then it's just.
2: No, I mean nobody wants to hear about this three times.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. fair.
2: Mm. I just might ask. Or me. once.
0: <laughs> That's not true. I've had like four people message me yeah, since people, that episode yeah. came out. <laughs> yeah. uh, cool. Wait, who's, who just went? I did. Okay. Sorry. And
1: rapid change of subject. <laughs>
0: well, I need to escape this quickly.
1: <laughs> it's okay. Keep your shirt on.
0: I, I definitely will. You do not need to tell me that.
1: While you're finding it, fun fact. So did you know male rats and mice don't have nipples? Huh. That makes sense, right? I feel like maybe more sense.
0: Male rats don't have nipples. No,
1: they don't need them. That,
0: but men don't need them either. No, but yeah,
1: then, but like... rats figured it out, like.
0: What, uh, how do other mammals work? See, I'm really interested because well, as people on the podcast and Brittany know.
1: Most do You're have a nipples. little piece of
0: shit right now. He knows everything about <laughs> no, every don't. animal and oh loves God. to correct me Are on animal an facts. animal expert? I'm surprised no. he's not like,
2: actually, some species of rats do have nipples. Oh, my
0: yeah. God. Yeah, You make it sound so bad. I just, I just like animals a um, lot.
1: Actually, yeah, the spiny mouse. <laughs> Spiny rat? <laughs> well, so
2: males have nipples because you're gender neutral for a while in utero. I so. And so you develop n- nipples before your sex is determined? That's yes. right, right? Uh-huh. I think so. I, I think, think everybody
0: th- starts I, off, I yeah, kind of S- female. Everybody starts female. off female, yeah. yeah.
2: Um,
1: so that's not the case for rats?
0: So now I wonder, I so it's, is this specifically a rat thing or what other mammals do?
1: I think mice and rats are, like, one of the only mammals where that's the case. Where well, that's the case, wow. yeah. That's but I think super it's really interesting. interesting.
0: I think that's super interesting. They,
1: they probably keep their shirts on as well. They don't <laughs> feel yeah. like they have anything to add.
0: Well, I mean, yeah. Wait, who who's a famous rat?
1: Mickey Mouse is <laughs> a mouse. He's got a shirt. Mouse. He goes shirtless, right? Doesn't he just wear little shorts? Oh,
0: yeah, you're right. I was mm-hmm. thinking the opposite. I thought he had a mm-hmm. shirt and no pants, but that's, that's Pluto. not.
1: Wait, and Donald. no.
2: Donald, yeah. I don't yeah. know what Pluto wore. I think he wears a shirt and pants. Very remarkable. No, repressed. Pluto doesn't have clothes.
0: He's
1: an animal expert. Pluto does not wear clothes. I'm picturing
2: Pluto with like a yellow-orange shirt and like green shorts. Am I wrong? You're thinking That's of Goofy. goofy. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. you're right. you're right. you're right. They're both dogs.
0: That's true, which is one of the very it's confusing mysteries of yeah. Disney, is the fact that they're both dogs, but one of them is... A partially human and one of them is not they're just a regular dog. Yeah. I what mean, are some that's other like famous family Chuck guy? Cheese? He's oh. got a shirt no pants.
2: I was saying like Family Guy Brian is a dog that's human like but then they have dog dogs on the show so. That's true. Do you like that show? I used to.
0: Yeah, it's not very good anymore.
1: Yeah.
2: Anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I used to and then I realized we um, all did. Eh. We all did. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, when they first started, but kind of like I used to ago. like
2: Sex in the City, and then now I realize that it's completely
0: horrifying. Okay, so I've never seen that show, um, and I was over at some friends' houses the other day, and they were watching the Sex in the City movie. So I'm I'm jumping into this, this like with no context at all.
2: Yeah, is it's, it the first movie?
0: Yeah, it was fucking weird. Okay,
2: that's better than the second one, but. Um, it's so weird. The show is just so problematic in almost every way possible. I was thinking about this yesterday. Actually, it's sexist. It's racist. It slut shames people. It's like gay phobic. There's just it's a lot. Very it's gay-phobic. classist. Huh. Uh, it's it's actually really really horrible. And I'm surprised there's not a lot more outrage about the show. But I used to love it. Like love it.
0: Maybe because the, are the are the actors still very. Popular? Sarah Jessica
2: Parker still does stuff all the time. I, I, what does she do? I, I like so She's on a show called Divorce on HBO.
0: Oh, well, then, yeah, Ooh, I don't watch know. She's
1: the pilot of that.
0: Yeah. See, I, if, yeah, if, they're, if they're still like, out there, I feel like it would be the opportunity to be like, hey, guess what? They made this joke on sex in the City. I just don't think they we realize. Uh, like, well, I uh, mean, like it, other people. Like, yeah, you said yeah. other people would have noticed it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, this is kind of relevant to what you're saying, but okay, so this question says uh, I'm riddled with shame. White shame. <laughs> this isn't helpful to me or anybody else, especially people of color. I feel like there is no me outside of my white upper middle class cisgender identity. Whoa. I feel like my literal existence hurts literal existence hurts people. Like I'm always taking up space that shouldn't belong that should belong to somebody else. I consider myself an ally, I research proper etiquette, read writers of color, vote in any way that will not harm people of color and other vulnerable people, I engage in conversations about privilege with other white people, I take courses that will further educate me, I donate it to Black Lives Matter, yet I fear that nothing is enough. <laughs> Part of my fear comes from the fact that uh, privilege is invisible to itself. What if I'm doing something or saying something insensitive without realizing it? Another part of it is that I'm currently immersed in the whitest environment I've ever been. In. Uh, my family has lived in the same apartment in East Harlem for four generations. Every school I attended elementary through high school was uh, minority white, but now I'm attending an elite private college that is 75% white. I know who I am, but I realize how people perceived me Uh, and this perception feels unfair. I don't talk about my feelings because it's hard to justify doing so while people of color are dying due to systematic racism and making this conversation about me would again uh, would be again centering whiteness yet bottling it up makes me feel existential anger and I have a hard time challenging since I don't know my place. Instead of harnessing my privilege for greater good I'm curled up in a ball of shame. How can I be more than my heritage?
1: Uh oh.
2: My God. (laughs) I I feel like people who complain about feeling white shame are worse than people who are are like super white power. Like it's more annoying to me. It's just like it's so obnoxious and not at all self-aware because it's like I'm complaining about all this shame I feel as a white person. Like, oh, feel bad for me because I'm going through all this struggle as a white person who just everybody thinks is so horrible and like I can't help these people that are below me and how how could I and it's like you're just perpetuating the problem like yeah it's great to be an ally and all these things but shut the fuck up about it (laughs)
1: yeah pull yourself up by your bootstraps it's great that you're doing research but get outside of your own head like why I this whole post um it's just really obnoxious
0: yeah I mean I, I I don't know what they're supposed to do about this whole bottling it up thing but as a person of color I don't give a shit.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it, like no it, it's just like okay, yeah, donate to Black Lives Matter but you don't need to fucking talk about it. Like or do, it's like you can't help that you were born white, right? Yeah. So I never sit here and I'm like, "Oh man, like
0: it sucks yeah. to be white.
2: <laughs> I, I, I'm just like, I'm not gonna feel bad about that. Like, cause I, ca- I can't, po- I can't. Like, I didn't decide this. Right. So, I, I just don't understand it. And, like you said, you're a person of color. You're not like, oh, f- fuck that person because they're like this white person who's not part of the problem. You're not like, fuck that guy because he's white.
0: Yeah. I don't think most people think that unless they're talking about generalizations Ge- yes. about how white people have done all this stuff to, to just feel like oh I'm so, I'm filled with so much shame about like, dude get over it, like, I don't know it's hard for, I, I want to be partly sympathetic to the situation um, but at the same time it's, it's kind of ridiculous because there's a lot of people that feel shame about being a person of color because society has done all this stuff to make them yes. feel like their skin should be a certain tone. Like, you know, even amongst... Like, amongst... Because I'm Mexican, so even amongst Mexicans, if you're too dark-skinned of a Mexican, other Mexicans will be racist against you. Yeah. So it's, like, already... Like, even in your own circles, there can be so much prejudice happening. So it just... It's just unproductive. Like, just focus on, on doing the best that you can as a person. Nobody wants you to... No person of color wants you to feel bad. Yeah, They just want you to, like... Notice that, like, you're already doing the stuff. Notice that, that you have certain things that other people don't and try to help out where you can. Yeah. And right? it, like,
2: makes sense if people of other races feel shame because they're oppressed upon and have historically been oppressed upon.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But, I mean, if you're telling me, like, oh, you're a white person and you have all this privilege and blah, 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 and saying, like, white people are shitty, it's like, yeah, They are, and we deserve the backlash that happens to us, and it's just sort of like, as a person who I feel like is not racist and not a terrible person, I'm like, yeah, I accept that, and I'm not going to sit here and just make it a woe is me sort of thing. Yeah, also,
0: if this person is, like, researching and reading all the time about stuff like this, then, like, they should know that, you know, one of the common arguments that, like, racist people will make is like, oh, how come they don't have a white pride month or whatever yes or a white pride parade or a you know this because there's no reason for you to be ashamed of that but people make you ashamed of all the other things they make you feel ashamed about being like you know a person of color a a trans person or a, a gay person or all this other stuff so you right now shouldn't feel shame because there's nothing that's there's no there's no greater group that's putting you down to make you feel ashamed Right, it's just your own personal thing you're you're in your head thinking that you should yeah. feel this way and it's unproductive and it's not helpful to anybody yeah
2: you're just receiving appropriate backlash
1: <laughs> and, like, you're still a valid human but how how is this person like making friends like I don't they can't have any friends that aren't white because how <laughs> fucking awkward would it be yeah. right Yeah. if you're just trying to hang out with them they're just like you know apologizing to you all the time and just like hating themselves like no one wants to be friends with that person Uh, yeah needs that burden or I feel
2: like they're the people that are like I understand your struggle and I'm so sorry and it's like they don't want your sympathy and you don't understand their struggle so
1: just listen like know when to shut up sometimes and try to be a good person yeah, stay, stay yeah. in your lane it's like, kind of like <laughs> <"Yeah, it's> true <laughs> I mean this person stay in your lane it's kind
2: of like when it, you're like oh yeah I know all men suck and they do and mm-hmm. I'm
0: sorry <laughs> like, Yeah. yeah I'm never trying to dispute that. Yeah.
2: But you're not like, oh, I'm so ashamed. I'm so ashamed of being a man. I wish I could just cut
0: my I, dick I I went
1: to the women's march and <laughs> I would make you wear a prosthetic dick because it would make me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah.
2: It's like the it's like I'm a I'm a feminist and hashtag me too and I support you guys and mm-hmm. I'll rally with you. Yeah, and I like feel like
0: it, yeah, anybody that does that is just trying too hard. Yeah. Like I don't feel like I think like the like people we that don't know need me you for the
2: cause. Yeah. The people that well, know, know me, know me well enough. Yeah. Yeah, we do. I, do, I take But I back.
0: think like people that know me well enough know where I stand based off a bunch of different things that I've done. And I don't have to be like, Hey, by the way, Brittany, I totally support the me too movement. I totally support women. Like, I don't think that's a conversation that needs no, to because be. No, Cause I would
1: be like, fuck you. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, just be yeah. empathetic. Yeah. Like be willing to talk about your own failings. I don't... Yeah. <sighs> A lot of problems by like not being able to talk about things openly.
0: Yeah, I think that's a, that's been like kind of the theme of this whole this whole episode. Yeah. Just talk about uncomfortable things. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I feel like we went hard on a lot of people today.
0: Those are my favorite do you not ones. Go hard no,
2: on we do. People? Uh, people's advice to us, have, not advice, but critique, is that we're too mean sometimes. <laughs> I think realistic.
1: That's know? what I said. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, and I think all the times we've done it has been completely uh, warranted.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's easy to do it as a third party, too. Yeah. Like
2: mm-hmm. And we, we t- we're we not always mean because that lady with um, the mastectomy, we said, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah. Very supportive. Very yes.
0: supportive of that person. Hey yes, lady. of course.
2: Very supportive of the girl with depression.
0: Mm hmm. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's going to be the end of this episode. Uh, <laughs> but before I forget, I want to give. Um, some shout-outs to a couple of people that I have been frequently listening and sending me feedback. Oh, nice! Yeah, so uh, Jenna Marley, Nick Malott, Jenna, Mike Ula, um, Mike.
2: Mike needs to be on this.
0: I, I know that he doesn't think- want to be on it, but I know I Mike Ula, we want you on this podcast, yes,
2: please.
0: Uh, my friend uh, Danny Bissonette has been listening and, re- and commenting about it frequently, so I appreciate all those people that uh, have been. Um, listening and giving me a bunch of feedback on the episodes. It's really great. And I oftentimes pass that information on to you.
2: You do. Um, well, then I will say thank you, Clarissa and Stephanie, because they listen almost every week as well. Aww, I'm sure so nice. other people do, but yeah. I know that they listen every
0: week. Yeah, it's great to hear hear about that and it's, it's uh, encouraging so we can continue to do this podcast. It's motivating. And not feel stuff. like
2: we're just talking to ourselves.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's great. And then, yeah, keep, keep, uh, keep the feedback come in. It's we we love to hear it. Yes. Yeah, and of course, you know I haven't checked the email in a while. If you have any, oh, uh, I do. I'm
2: always connected. you always to checked it. it? Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, yeah. If anybody has any uh, advice that they want us to help them out with, you can ask us questions on unsolicited advice podcast mm-hmm. one at gmail.com One. The
2: unsolicited advice podcast, podcast. was taken. So.
0: Uh, how? There's no other unsolicited advice podcast. I don't know. You know what? Some some fucking person out there was talking about it and not being about it. That's true. And then we fucking got on That's unsolicited true. advice podcast. I hope someone, someone tries fuckers. to use Slam and Samples as their Instagram <laughs> ha- handle and <laughs> Too can't. Too late. Yeah. Because Britney's never gonna use it. No, yep. I'm just kidding. That'll be coming soon. Mm-hmm. And also, we really got to get on top of our doing our live episode. So yes. I'm gonna put that out into the world again. Because that's definitely a goal that I want to have done before the end of the year, for sure. Yeah. Maybe even having two, because since I'm in North County and you're up here, it'd be cool to maybe do one and one. Yes. Possibly. That's something that we might do. Okay. <laughs> uh, Alex, do you have anything you want to plug?
1: Uh, No. I didn't <laughs> know that was like a thing I didn't think about. Um.
0: Well, I can edit out any think breaks that you need me to put into this episode yeah just
1: make me sound really good and smart
0: I'll I'll do my very best <laughs> alright well that's it for this episode guys thanks for listening and don't
2: overdo anything without giving you half am mm-hmm. I going even worse if I was broke would you want me if I couldn't get you find the things like all of them down the
1: ring bitches kill would you still go if we see the sun rising off the sugar top